On this episode, arr, we aren't here to rock the plank, me hearties. We keep it going with just one more episode covering Santa Barbara ska punkers, the Mad Caddies, on Checkered Pass, the Ska Cast. What up, Checkerheads? Welcome to Checkered Past the Scodcast with Celine and Rob, the show where a uh, Godspeed you black and white emperor, and uh, you'll know us by the trail of our hard band for dead. Explore the history and impact of a different band each episode. Hope to bring in new fans along the way. I'm Rob, and this is my special co-host, editor of Checkered Past, Ariane. Hello, I got those references. I would like that on record. <laughs> Godspeed yep. you black emperors from Canada. Yeah. They're they're a they're lot. They're great. They're amazing. <laughs> I love them. They're a lot to listen to. I'm not. <laughs> I am not a post rock, post metal guy. It's just a lot of stuff happening for a long period of time, uh, and I, I'm just too impatient. Yeah, they're great. I don't care what you think. How do anyway. you feel about Sun O? Yeah. <laughs> Pelican. Yeah. Isis. Okay, so Pel- you just really Pelican like and Isis fucking riffs on <laughs> O has cool cloaks, okay? Yeah, they're anyway. What I like and what you like, there's the Venn diagram has a sliver in the middle, but there it's are big a, circles on the other side. It's not a sliver. Some we've gone to see shows. Ariane is my wife. We've gone to see shows uh where we've had life-changing experiences. I'm thinking we saw Chick 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 last year. Yep. Fucking that was awesome. One time we went to see a black metal show together. That was that was rad. Remember that? Uh, the highlight of that was we were talking to my friend Darren. I don't know what we were talking about, but you started uh, doing the manta ray dance in the middle of this black metal show. As soon as we had walked, I think you probably told this story on this podcast. I might before. have. As soon as we walked in, dude just fucking full on launched himself through the air on to another guy standing by the bar and just started like fucking feeding him shots. And we're like, okay, yeah. cool. This is going to be chill and calm. And then no less than 45 minutes later, Rob's standing there in his like windbreaker and he's like, do the mat Ray. <laughs> anyway, it was great. I- <laughs> yeah. We've seen some good bands. That <laughs> band was okay. The opener was good. Watain. Yeah. Watain was good. Watain was sweet. Mayhem was boring. Very boring. Yeah. And- too much smoke machine. It gets in my nose. I don't like it. Uh, Mayhem would have been rad when they were still like, um, you know, being assholes, you know, in the early 90s. That would have been that would have been a, an interesting show to go see. Yeah, I I'm, <laughs> it's fine. I'd rather see Methods of Mayhem. Hi, Joey. Bye. <laughs> Should we pick it up where we left off? Joey? <laughs> pick it up. This is a special edition of Pick It Up Where We Left Off because I get to ask Ariane a very important question that hasn't been asked on the pod yet. What is your history with ska, your checkered past? Well, I started dating you. (laughs) And then suddenly there's a lot more ska in my life. And I used to be more into it. It's up and down. It's up and down. So there was definitely a time where I... 
I think I straight up said, you can't play this in the car while I'm driving with you anymore <laughs> because it was the same stuff over and over again. I, I know the patrons are booing right now, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I've come full circle. There's still, it's, there's a lot of third wave stuff that I, like, I don't have that nostalgia vibe with and I don't care about it i don't care about it so lots of good stuff happening and sbi fest was incredible and chris is great and there's lots of new stuff that i really enjoy and i'm actively trying to get the hans gruber and the diehards on a little tour through here and i actually i don't think i oh no i did tell you i ran into the promoter for that festival at the charlie crockett show and i was like I just emailed you the other day and he's like, what was the band? And I'm like, well, yeah, they're the best. You should, the best live show. And uh, yeah, so it's gone to committee. Anyway, that's my update. That's fun. And so pre us dating, what were you, what was the ska that you liked? The No Reason Boners. <laughs> yeah, the Nerves. <laughs> that was my friend's band. Yeah, they were good. Um, I listened to a lot of them because I lived with, no, who was, anyway, hung out with all of them and, it was a Calgary band. They haven't been around for a long time because Wade moved to New York and then eventually Long Beach. But um, Indicate, <laughs> leftover crack, the stuff that's like tangentially ska, but not necessarily. Crack Rock Steady. Yeah. Yeah. Choking Victim. Yeah. That whole business. Yeah. I'm, I mean, and like Operation, the more punk side of it, the less, again, like the third wave stuff was a little too goofy. I didn't love it. Yeah, you like it to be real. I used to be cool. I'm not cool anymore. Now I listen to <laughs> one, everything. One time when we were dating, you said you don't like fun. That was how you described your music taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something I would say. Yeah. <laughs> you probably have a better memory of the things you told me. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> have we, like, aside from SPI Fest, have I dragged you to a ska show? Yeah, feel, many. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the ones I brought you to. There's been a lot. <laughs> I usually don't bring you because I know you'll have a bad time. <laughs> like, I just don't want you to have no fun. <laughs> but I think sometimes it's necessity. Like, I got nobody else who's going to go with me. <laughs> oh, I do remember seeing Class Action. Uh, in oh, they're Cal great. Yeah. In Calgary. And then you got mad at them because they were making fun of me for dancing. Yeah, I was possibly inebriated at the time but yeah anyway uh no we've gone to lots of ska shows together and I, some are good and some of them i lean against a wall and crush 20 beers and then stumble out later and i'm like well oh, i was there street light we've gone to see street light a bunch that was like i have not seen them before so no not with me uh, i believe so anyway it doesn't matter uh <laughs> this is not good content this is great content us trying to remember the shows you've been to uh yeah, I guess it's good fodder to go into the most important part, where our guest is waiting patiently. We're excited to introduce our best friend of all from a one province over, uh, trumpeter extraordinaire from the Saskatchewan Skalternative Band, Mini Vandal, whose new album, Fuel Me Twice, is everywhere right now. Ben Fertoski's here. Hi, Ben. Hard over Hi, Ben. But hi. <laughs> trumpet trumpeter extraordinaire damn yeah, yeah. that's yeah. you that's you you're the right. trumpeter extraordinaire 
<laughs> Welcome to the pod. Yeah, no, it's great to be back on. So first question I have for you is uh, the new album's out. Uh, it's rad as hell. Talk to us about the conception of Fuel Me Twice and what got us to the, the release and how are you feeling about it? Yeah, well, it's, it is fantastic to finally have this thing out in the world. Um, we started working on it about three years ago. Well, maybe four-ish years ago. Yeah, it was like some of the tracks we were working on like before the pandemic. And then we got up to like right before the pandemic, we were all gearing up to, you know, do pre-production and I don't know, get everything together. And then like March hit, we were like, oh, no, (laughs) what do we do? (laughs) That kind of stalled things. Like it's, I don't know, we couldn't, we literally couldn't rehearse for well, I don't know, like a lot of people, I think a year or two. Um, so that made the writing process quite difficult. We all had, we all had to figure out like how to trade demo tracks and get gear together to just cobble tracks together. I, I still remember doing like pre-production, um, with my guitars. Like I was sitting at home, like in my house coat over zoom, trying to be like, we're trying to like trade riffs and like i or and do some unison lines we're just like this is this is not working <laughs> it was it was quite the challenge but yeah um we made it through that we uh we got into the studio to lay down some horns uh starting in early 2022 um yeah we did all the horns and vocals in studio and then the whole thing came together early 2023 put it out in may hometown cd release Ooh, bit of a, <laughs> I've, i'm thinking about this now it's like a bit of a whirlwind experience just summarizing all this all the things that we went last through three the last years there but yeah uh, and uh so how did the release go and how was uh how was the reception uh it was great yeah we had a a nice like a hometown release at amigos one of our favorite venues to play in town um we we set it up so that we we did so like a it was like a physical release so all of our fans could get the physical copy of the album in advance and then we released it on streaming everywhere on June eighth so it's been out for about just a little over a month now and uh, yeah no the show show was great we played the full album front to back for the first time uh, we had some of our good friends open for us. Um, Chesterfield, a uh, great local group, and um, Funk Joint, uh, who I've actually sat in with occasionally. Um, a couple of good buddies from other projects that we've been in. That's rad. Is there a comic book with this one too? We didn't do the comic book this time around, um, but mm-hmm. I mean, technically speaking, Down and Out, um, which we released in 2019, made its way onto the album. So I guess that it's still part of the album. So the, the original comic book is. Yeah, we could we could consider it, I guess, a re-release or a reissue. If it's issue number one instead of zero now or something. I don't know. A variant. Yeah, a variant, exactly. Uh, did, you define your... <laughs> say, we did do a, a really cool music video that we just put out um, a couple... Yeah, about a couple weeks ago now. And that was animated by the same guy that did our comic book. Uh, my cousin Ian does all of our, uh, all of our merch design, our album art. Uh, pretty much everything and yeah that thing's great it's got a lot of uh, a lot of saskatoon canadian references and stuff in it it's all 
old school uh, video game stuff. So we jumped through a whole bunch of our favorite old games. There's like Star Wars 1984, Frogger. He gave them all van or like puns too. It was like Excite a Van, uh, <laughs> Asteroids. I don't know. Yeah, he had something for everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh that was for stay on target that video is rad i would encourage everybody to check it out it's on youtube it's awesome i loved it thanks you describe your sound especially nowadays as skalternative how do you define that um i would say it's like it's got ska influences but it's not strictly ska like we have very few songs that are just straight up ska tunes you're gonna hear us blend it with a lot of other things like uh well alt rock we've got others like we just we branch into a lot of different genres too um we do a lot of latin um some reggae rock on this album pop punk uh we're kind of all over the place uh but yeah the songs that we do um use our ska influences on yeah it's it it blends the ska with with other sounds and so what are the bands that are influential to that sound um, I would say probably the band we're talking about today would be one of the <laughs> biggest influences. Um, yeah, like Mad Caddies, Cat Empire. Um, well, I, I really influenced by RX Bandits as well. I'm not sure if that comes through as much, but, uh, I like those guys. Um, early RX Bandits or later RX Bandits? I would say mid to later, actually. The early, early stuff I, I haven't actually really dug into as much, but yeah, like progress onwards. We used to cover a lot of songs off Progress when we first started out. Uh, and uh, what other bands would you? Uh, what? How about outside the ska the ska universe? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, I don't <laughs> venture too far outside there myself. Um, the other guys, though, <laughs> uh, they have quite diverse listening tastes. Like a lot of us, we have a very common background uh, in jazz. We actually just played. Well, one of the biggest festivals in the province. We did the main stage at uh, Sastel Saskatchewan Jazz Festival a couple weeks ago. And most of us came up through their, like the jazz intensive program that that festival offers. Um, so yeah, and like my brother Emmett, we talked about last episode, he's our bass player. He teaches jazz in the city and uh, gigs a lot around town. Um, our guitar player Everett, also strong jazz background. Uh, yeah, so I would say that has influenced us as well as players. I would like to know what kind of jazz, like what that's a whole a whole world of different things. So like what kind of jazz are you guys like listening to when you're not playing or listening to ska? That is also a great question, although myself like I don't the the jazz side of things like it I don't really go out and actively listen to a lot of new jazz or stuff today. Growing up, I was influenced more by, I don't know, smoother kind of, I guess what you call it, like my, my parents just had a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of crooner CDs around like Nat King Cole, um, Michael Buble, uh, this is Tony Bennett. Um, that's just the stuff I listened to growing up. Uh, and Emmett and Everett, those guys, you would have to ask them what they're listening to because I think it's pretty diverse i know emmett really likes uh it was a french french band monsieur pernier i think he's been wanting us to cover some of those songs for a while now we haven't gotten around to it yet but should have yeah i should have brought him on (laughs) 
<laughs> this is so far outside my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, although, who did we see? Uh, Snarky Puppy. We saw them a couple years ago. They were rad. That, oh, yeah. that was at Edmonton's Jazz Festival. Yeah. That would have been sick to see. Wow. They were so oh. good. Yeah. The, who else played that show? Um, French lady. I'm not going to remember her name. It was a good show. We saw a few bands at Jazz Fest. We didn't do any this time, but we also saw Too Many Zoos play as part of oh, Jazz yeah. Fest. That was cool. We've seen them play twice, but that one was... I've seen those guys. Yeah. Incredible. I love them. Yeah, that's one of the better live shows I've ever seen was Too Many Zoos. Yeah, they, they're pretty killer. They um, Man, that trumpet player, like, how long do they... What's, what's their set? Like, like an hour, an hour and a half. Like, that guy's just, like, constantly playing. It's pretty intense. He's got some serious chops. Some of the other stuff, too, that I was realizing I, I listened to. Um, I like some more of that neo-funk stuff, like uh, Wolfpack. Fearless Flyers listen to a lot of that. Um, what was that, what was yeah, that album they put in 2020? Yeah, I really like that stuff. And then, of course, Apollo's Sons are your homies, right? Is that just a name drop? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mini Vandal, like before Mini Vandal, like I had Mr. Fire as my group. Our drummer from uh, Mr. Fire, he moved to Winnipeg and met Ed and those guys. And um, I think he recorded their first album, actually. He was their original drummer. I think he left the band like a, a few years back. But I've actually sat in with Apollo's Sons. I played with them uh, when they played in Saskatoon I want to say like 2019 somewhere around there I did a I did a set with them they got me to sub in for trumpet um yeah I just saw them actually they played the day after us at the jazz festival um which was cool they've they've come a like like it's, it's crazy seeing like them four years ago versus where they are now in terms of like what they've done with their stage show like they have like a fully choreographed horn routine um Maybe it's a little, it's a little bit more free flowing than I guess something like My Son the Hurricane, but they've got, yeah, like they didn't stop moving the entire hour and a half set that I saw them play and playing the guy, their trombone player, like running around like that and doing the crazy stuff that he was doing. I was like, I think I would probably pass out within the first two songs <laughs> doing that. I. Uh so would you consider Mini Vandal to be a concept band about vans? Kind of like Guar, would you consider yourselves the Guar of Midwestern Canada ska? Wow. Um, <laughs> no. The appropriate response. Not, not at all. <laughs> to which question? <laughs> Roast him, Ben. <laughs> How familiar are you with Guar? No, I'm kidding. You don't have to go down there. I've, I've this is a pre-written like, question, by the way. <laughs> I've seen like uh, I don't know some Guar videos and stuff like that. Um, they're kind of like into like a lot of I don't know spurting blood, body horror type stuff with a pretty insane right. uh, like backstory, right? So why don't you get on uh, stage with like a jerry can or something, and you spray the audience with like gasoline, gasoline, <laughs> like, that's... you know, vehicles. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm all right. Don't, I'm don't do that. As we speak here. Why, why do people pay for this? What is happening? Yeah, I mean, if you work the gas uh, price into the admission and like into the admission <laughs> ticket, like I mean, it's it's good. You get you get your fuel comped and everything. You're good to go. 
<laughs> this is the best question I ever asked a guest yet, I think. <laughs> uh, so I guess we're going to get into the Mad Caddies. Uh, so I already asked you last time what your history with Mad Caddies has been. So I'm going to ask Ariane, how familiar are you with the Mad Caddies? I saw them recently with you and Celine and Joey and had a good time. Oh, yeah. And I've probably heard you play them while driving in your vehicle. <laughs> I have never listened to them or sought them out on my own volition at all. Not once. <laughs> so zero and ben you opened for them on that same tour yeah yeah i'm pretty sure um every every ska band in uh well probably western canada opened for them on their tour here um it was i really like that they were bringing in <laughs> yeah. like a lot of the local acts um because that's that's pretty cool it's it's tough to like be able to get on a bill with a larger group like that and for them to be wanting to do that like i was i was very grateful for the opportunity uh it was, it was a great show um i have a question ben um did chuck rip a cigarette inside the building at the show you played with him uh no he didn't um it's a pretty small <laughs> venue probably would have been a little it, uh a little weird it was a small venue here and yet <laughs> there he was smoking a cigarette side stage indoors <laughs> <laughs> to our American wow. listeners, you cannot do that in Canada. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to see too much of uh, Chuck and the guys. They kind of just went back to the bus afterwards. But <laughs> that also tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was cool to see because they they played with our friends Paint Bomb, former guest Paint Bomb, um, and so it was nice that they were touring through and playing with ska bands because usually. When I uh, see the Mad Caddies, they're playing with like some jug band or something like they'll bring along a really like, I don't want to say like a left of center folk punk band. That's usually who they tour with. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, they've kind of retooled themselves a little bit over the last three to five years. And now uh, they're bringing in locals again, which is it's nice to see uh, that's we've been huge proponents on the show. Talked about multiple times how much we much prefer, uh, you know, like. You know, bigger bands reaching down to pull smaller bands up, more local groups instead of just, you know, big, big label packages or, you know, everybody's a bunch of rich people having their friends go on tour together. Uh, so that was that was nice to see. So to their credit, they were doing that, you know, even though it's just just Chuck and five hired guns that were on stage, which was a little strange, but uh, still still no more word on what was going on with that. Um, but uh, that's current Mad Caddies. We're going to get into the time scoshine to head back to the year 2000. Yeah. All right. So for today's time scoshine, a lot of my details came from uh, a, a Chuck Punk News interview. That he did, I would want to say, a year or two ago. It was during the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, it would have been a couple of years back. Uh, very enlightening. So I got a lot of quotes from him on here. Uh, just to recap from episode one, I encourage any listeners, if you haven't heard Mad Caddy's one from last year with Ben, who was on at that time, too. 
Uh, here's what we ch- talked about previously on CPSC. Mad Caddies were formed in Wine Country, California in 1995 by Chuck Robertson on the vocals, Sasha Laser and Carter Benson on guitar, Keith Douglas on the trumpet, Ed Hernandez on the trombone, Mike Ivers- Mark Iverson on the bass, and Todd Rosenberg on the drums. They grew up in Santa Barbara attending all-ages ska shows with Fishbone, Skank and Pickle, No Effects, and The Specials. After being called Cracked Macaroni and the Ivy League, they eventually landed on the Mad Caddies due to them caddying other bands' gear around. They became close with Lagwagon, Nerf Herder, and the Ataris. Wall got them in touch with Fat Mike, who signed them to his bubblegum punk label, Honest Dawns. Debuted with the more generic ska punk of Quality Softcore in 1997, Sasha would become obsessed with Dixieland jazz, self-taught himself to play the banjo, but played it like a guitar, and began incorporating it into the band's style. Fat Mike loved this new shtick and brought him up to his full Fat Wreck label for 1998's classic album Duck and Cover that featured Sasha's banjo and some truly heroic trumpet playing by Keith Douglas. Katy Perry would start popping up to see them around this time. While writing and recording their next album, a few harder songs were pulled out to issue the Holiday Has Been Cancelled EP, and Todd Rosenberg would depart on drums, being replaced by Boz. That's the name of the drummer, Boz. And now we're in the year 2000, back to the wine country. The band is still racking their brains to figure out what appropriate follow-up to their blockbuster album Duck and Cover and the well-received Falling Down Signal. (laughs) I fucked up that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the blockbuster album Duck and Cover and the well-received Falling Down single, I mean Holiday, has been cancelled. Carter Benson took the lead on much of the songwriting and opted for a very punk and pop-punk forward approach in the wake of Ska's decline. The album would be 2001's Rock the Plank, produced by Mad Caddies themselves and issued once again on Fat Records to okay reception. In fact, Sasha's songs are the most beloved and are still played to this day. Here's what Chuck said about this record. Rock the Plank was a very heavy Chuck and Carter album. Sasha was mostly involved on like Weird Beard and Merry Melody. Like there's a couple Sasha Chuck songs on there, but it was definitely our heaviest punk record for sure. Carter was behind all those tunes. He was like the punk dude, really into math rock and progressive rock. So let's talk about Rock the Plank. Ben, what is your feelings about this record? Yeah, it's uh, hearing that interview from Chuck um, puts a lot of that stuff in context. Like I would say rock the plank me personally, like I don't typically listen to this thing all the way through. It's got a a ton of solid tracks on it that I think show up on the live album later. And I would say that there are, there's definitely essential listening on this one. Like you mentioned like weird beard. um, That's a fan favorite. I remember seeing at the live show, there's people just straight up dressed up as pirates uh, specifically for that song. You got Merry Melody uh, that I really like listening to. Um, All-American Badass at the end too. Hilarious. I don't know. I just I love that song and the, the skits that they have in there. Um, so yeah, I'd say that there's a lot of essential listening on it. But um, you're saying that uh, Carter kind of like drove a lot of the album. And you can kind of hear that. You said like math rock, prog stuff or uh, punk like a lot of the a lot of the punk tracks that don't feature the horns as much um it's kind of interesting what they're doing like it, they're using a lot of melodies and stuff in there that don't it's not what you would typically expect i think to hear from the caddy sound i don't 
those ones don't speak to me as much. Um, they're still good tracks, but I, I tend to not go to those ones as much. But yeah, overall, solid album. Let's uh, let's listen to one of those tracks. Let's listen to Mary Melody. Uh, that's one of the ones you'll hear live. I've got this thing about you now. I try to understand, but baby, let me show you how. You change the life the day you showed up. What a rare banjo song on this album too. Not a lot of banjo, which is missed if it's not on Mad Caddy's record. Yeah, true. This is definitely a song they'll play live every single time. I remember singing along to it at the show. The whistles. I left it in because, you know, he did it. Do they whistle live? Yes. Okay. I mean, you know what? That's impressive. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a gimmick. Um, my friend Mark. Shout out to my friend Mark, who I see at Mad Caddy shows almost every single time I see them. Uh, this is his favorite record. It has the least ska, the least horns. <laughs> he loves the Mad Caddies. He especially loves them when they don't have horns. <laughs> but he he loves like fat wreck bands. He loves Lagwagon specifically. Yeah. Like that is his all time favorite band. So for him, this is basically ska Lagwagon. And so he likes to go and see them for that reason. Um, the thing with this album that I should like, but I don't like is all these song titles that are like um, like alliterations or like rhymes. So there's Weird Beard, Easy Cheese, Hound Bound, <laughs> Booze Cruise. I'm sorry. You don't like this. You, I definitely really. thought that was going to be up like your stuff alley. You would have written. <laughs> yeah. I would like it if they were good songs. <laughs> the second half of this record is rough. Shots fired. <laughs> This is my least favorite. Yeah, this is my least favorite Mad Caddy's record by a long mile. <laughs> Why? Elaborate. Um, I I like the Dixieland stuff. And uh, I really, when I come to Mad Caddy's, I really want to hear trumpet, banjo, and some like, you know, like the kind of rapid stop starts of the song, kind of like changing its style throughout the, throughout the one song for over three minutes. Or I like the reggae stuff. There wasn't a lot on this one, too. And so the next couple of records, I'll be a lot more favorable on. But I don't know. It's just, I feel like it wasn't, uh, doesn't scratch the itch. And I think when you go to see them and they say, play this, there's only the three songs that they play off this record live every time. And they're all Sasha's songs. And I think, you know, for what, for what it's worth, I don't know if Carter fit the Mad Caddy's bill in his songwriting. Maybe that's just my opinion. Ben, what do you think? Am I off? Am I off base? I think I think I feel um, similar in that, like, uh, for me, the stuff that makes the Mad Caddies the Mad Caddies is their more, um, you know, banjo horn driven stuff. Um, it separates them from the other fat wreck bands. Um, 
And a little little bit of a side tangent here, because I think you saw this as well too. Um, whoever they got for their trombone player live now, that guy is fucking killer. Mm-hmm. That solo he does in Weird Beard live now, amazing. That's one of the best trombone solos I've ever seen performed live. French Tony Hawk. French Tony Hawk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he and uh, <laughs> um Ed Hernandez is a very fine trombone player, but you know, he was uh I don't want to say he was like background, uh, because the trumpet really shines in Mad Caddy songs. Like that's like the big thing. And he played more in the background, but now this new trombone player comes up and he's almost like he can be the star as well, right? And I think that adds like a new flavor. Uh, to the whole horn section they only have two horns like they both should uh get a chance to shine i guess we should play weird beard i have it this is a this is a classic they play this live it's got a pretty tasteless joke in it uh i'll say but they still play live but i didn't include the the part that i don't care for (laughs) (laughs) oh also my uh my shitty band uh did a cover of this song because this is easy to play on the bass and I played bass. <laughs> this is the pirate song? Yes. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> no, not That's yet. a pretty good pirate. <laughs> it is a good pirate. You know what? I would have dug this album if it was like all pirate songs. <laughs> yeah, when that would have been right up my alley. When this song is over, I have a story about Robin Sea Shanties that I will share with everyone. <laughs> I love Sea Shanties. That's where me and Joey disagree. <laughs> Who played the accordion in your band's cover? <laughs> Didn't. Do we just like do mouth accordion sounds? <laughs> we had uh, somebody who played. It was worth it, actually. So with a smile, we chanted loud, and this is what we said. Good job of making the sound like very good in the studio. Sounds like an Aleshorn song. Okay, what? Me and Sea Shanties is just about when I was playing Black Flag. Yeah, you were playing this. I don't even. Yeah, what was what? Assassin's Creed. Assassin's yeah. Creed. Great. Some fucking video game, and the whole thing was all. Yeah, sorry. Venn diagram, small sliver intersect. We have very unique things we care about it's all fine i love you rob <laughs> so he's playing this fucking video game about pirates but yeah. the whole soundtrack was just like what was it when you were sailing when yeah. you're actually like moving in the game and it would just automatically start playing like sea shanties yeah your crew would sing sea shanties my god just the house every time i would this was before we had a kid and so there's a lot more time for <laughs> having a personality and being your own human <laughs> I also love my son. And, and yeah, every free moment, there was just sea shanties. Like coming up from the basement, sea shanties. But then as soon as you were not playing video games, you're walking around the house singing sea shanties. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you were like, man, I wish I had more sea shanties in my life and playing like fucking Ailstorm driving around in the car. It was unrelenting, unrelenting, horrible. <laughs> I hate all of it. <laughs> That's my story. Joey, what do you feel about sea shanties? <laughs> I was gonna say, was was there a scenario where, like, you know, when you said you said that when you move the boat, like the crew would sing sea shanties? Like, did you just like leave your controller, like, st- like put something on the joystick so it just kept spinning around, <laughs> just leave the room, that kind of thing? Uh, I, I 
I will say this. There's an awful lot of sailing in that game. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really have to. <laughs> Core mechanic of that game is sailing around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at one point he was like, yeah, you can turn it off. But why would I do that? Because it's just so good. Lies. Incorrect. I, uh, I, I, I hate sea shanties. <laughs> uh, if I want to listen to pirate stuff, I'll listen to Advance and Vanquish by Three Inches of Blood. Because it's a semi-concept album about pirates. Uh, and orcs <laughs> semi yeah okay <laughs> half the songs are three inches of blood songs and half the songs are about the pirate story yeah now we're now we're also talking about power metal and now we're right in my wheelhouse <laughs> sea shanties and power metal oh yeah uh let's play all american badass to <laughs> rope this all off i picked all my favorite songs the ones i like to listen to Welcome to Poker Night at the Moose Lodge. My God, <laughs> every time. Being from Saskatchewan, does that like resonate with you? I just think of red green every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it bad that I also thought of red green? <laughs> I think it's horrible, but right. Being Canadian. <laughs> I really need uh, related to his nephew. Yeah, Harold. <laughs> Harold, that's right. That's probably why, because that's my middle name. Doesn't he have like a? Doesn't he have like a guitar or something like that? At some point, he, in the later seasons, he does. I'm gonna say I like this. This is a good song. I love the accordion. <laughs> uh, they definitely had more jokes at some point, Mad Caddies. I feel like that that went away at some point. Actually, they, it went away on the next record. <laughs> at the end of this, when they do the like, it's the it's like the last thing he says on the album or something. The they end the song and it's like. Paul Brovskovsky, your headlights are on in your Mercury. Paul Brovskovsky, your headlights are on in your Mercury. Take care of that, bud. <laughs> that also gets me. <laughs> oh, Joey, you got something? You I really was going to say, on. it's very Canadian. Very Canadian. It's so Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> from some guys from Santa Barbara, California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they nailed it. They it nailed was great. It, it was incredible. I felt immersed. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a good time to take a break. And when we get back, more Mad Caddy. This episode of Checkered Past is brought to you by Blendjet. Slynn, you like to make smoothies? I make smoothies every single morning. Tell me about your smoothie journey. Well, I it's my only way I can get vegetables in my body because I like yummy brown golden fried delicious things. So I often call it my scurvy juice to prevent scurvy. What do you put in your smoothies every morning? Um, well, I am a little spinach bitch and a banana. Pro tip, bananas make every smoothie taste good. Okay, banana, chocolate oat milk, and some like legit peanut butter, a little bit of spinach. You're laughing and that tastes like a delicious treat. Well, I just got a blend jet. What? And I've actually been able to make my smoothies fresher because I'll put the ingredients in and take it with me to work because it's portable. And I'll make my smoothie like right, right, right before I drink it. You hit the nail on the head because Blendjet 2 by Blendjet 
is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. We got a couple Blendjet 2s. I got mine with like the black marble. It's like a fancy like it's very, faux marble Yeah, it's, it's got like kind of some doodly energy to it, yeah, I guess. a little mask. Uh, it's a little mask. I'm not a, always masked. I have masked. a leopard print I got, one. I do some fems. Leopard print? Talk to me about your leopard print. It's pretty fucking fun. There was another leopard print there was that we, another were, one. we were spying. I, but like it was rainbow leopard. It was Lisa fucking Frank. Lisa fucking Frank, Lisa y'all. Fucking Frank. There's all kinds of crazy ass colors. That's one of the best things about Blendjet too. So here's what you need to do. Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promer code. The promer code. Use that promer code checkered12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code checkered12 checkered12 to get 12% off your order and free 2-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Get it for your scurvy juice. Lisa fucking Frank. <laughs> Welcome back to Checkered Pass. The CPSC crew here is with Ben from Mini Vandal and we're talking Mad Caddies. So we just finished talking about their punkier album Rock the Plank, and now we are going into 2001. The less than stellar performance of this record caused The Boz and Carter to leave as the Mad Caddies returned to what they do best to write a follow-up heavily steeped in ska, reggae, and Dixieland jazz. Sasha would take over guitar and songwriting full-time with Chuck on the rhythm guitar and Brian Flenikin replacing Boz on the drums. They would get production assistant from Angus Cook of the Ataris and Fat Wreck house producer Ryan Green. Lyrically, Chuck began focusing more on politics and personal topics, giving a more serious tone than normal. The album was 2003's Just One More and was a return to form and signaled another smash hit for the band. Sasha had this to say, We didn't try to go for anything more original with this album. We just tried to write better songs and I think we really did that. So let's talk about Just One More. Ben, what are your thoughts? Uh, this is Pete Caddy's for me. Um, this album, I like, I don't even know how to describe in how many ways this album has like influenced me as a musician. Um, growing up, this was, I think if I memory serves me correctly, one of the ones that they would play at the climbing gym all the time where I was training. Um, if it wasn't, I got it immediately. Like as soon as I heard Caddy's playing over that and yeah, it's I, I still go back to it um, frequently. It's just it's solid for me from start to finish. Um, and it, it really like it, it it gets a little bit more diverse and heavy as well, which I which I like quite a bit. Uh, this is I, I had had been a while since I listened to this record. We listened to it all the time at uh, HMV in the in the back room where I worked uh, and so I hadn't re- like I had listened to it so much that I hadn't really gone back to revisit, but I did for this episode, and it rips. Holy moly! This was like front to back, like every song. I was like, "All oh, right, these are all phenomenal tunes." 
Like as much as I have this nostalgia for duck and cover as like, like the, the greatest mad caddies record. Cause it has all the class, a bunch of classic songs on it. This one is just so much more consistently and maturely written that it feels like it holds up a lot better. Uh, and I was really surprised at how much I loved listening to it. And I was like, this actually might be my favorite record. It moved it. I moved it up the, the rankings just based on the most recent listen. I'm excited to listen to it. Okay. <laughs> let's throw, uh, let's throw a song on. I couldn't, I had a hard time narrowing it down. Let's listen to villains. The horns are back. The banjo's back. All the all the hits are back. That they are. And they are awesome. <laughs> Although there is no video of this, I am banging my head right now. <laughs> Again, it was like it's nice when they do that like shift of st- of styles and tones in a song. That's like what I come for. I was just going to say classic punk uh, topic of gossip. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> said, I, a lot of uh, punks around this time had a lot of songs about how much they didn't like small town gossip. Right? Am I, am I remembering is it, that? Is it small town or is it just like scene gossip? It's probably scene gossip. Like as much as I'm sure they're thinking Santa Barbara is a small town. I mean, they're like LA adjacent. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Probably bigger than Saskatoon. I don't know. <laughs> no, not Maybe that not. much. No, Saskatoon's bigger, right? <laughs> uh, we got about what three hundred thousand people ish somewhere around there. Is it really that? that I I never can tell how many people live in anything. I think Edmonton has like a million people. St. Paul has ten thousand. After that, I'm checked out. I can't tell. I couldn't tell you who lives anywhere. <laughs> Between ten thousand and one million, you're like, I got no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, Good. they're all the same. It's like you know when you do a calculus and it's like it, t- it tends to a million, right? No, that's, that's, I, I don't. Or tends to infinity. I'm like after ten thousand, everything tends to infinity. <laughs> all the towns are the you same. You know when you do calculus, like <laughs> yeah. this is a universal experience for everyone that listens to this podcast. Yeah, all my you know, cal- calculus. All my calculus heads. Rise up. Rise up. Yeah, I want to hear from you. You know how things tend to infinity? How often do you do calculus? Um I probably should do it more. Like I I'm an engineer, but I just don't use it. (laughs) All right. Well let me tell you. I don't know if I've ever done calculus. That is not in my wheelhouse. I'm just shaking my head. I haven't touched it for probably like ten plus years. It's not relevant to what I do. <laughs> I'm a machinist and I'm supposed to do a bunch of math, but I don't. I just go, ah, fucking 6,000. Let's go. 6,000. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. And yeah. I push the button. And I know I'm famously coy about what I do for work, but you would think I do math in my job. I don't do any. 
like at all. It's what Wolfram Alpha is for. If you ever need it, that's like, yeah, yeah. use that website. Yeah. What is that website? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> what? It's like Wolfram Alpha, I think, well, okay, when I was in university, so a while back now, but uh, that's like if you got stuck or whatever on a problem, like that's it basically just like an online calculus tool that will solve your equations. It was like pre-chat GPT. Like it's it's not AI, but it kind of works that way. You can put in a, a like an engineering problem into it, and it'll like <laughs> suss out and do all the math for you, basically. All right, do you me... think? Do you think that's how the Dillinger Escape Plan writes chord progressions with Wolfram Alpha? Yeah, because it's, so. because it's math. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> good, good joke. Oh no! Let's look at the liner. Thank notes, you. It's the last time I'm on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Should we listen to another song? <laughs> How about this one? Silence. It's like punk rock. The song slaps. I love this song. I, I gotta look at the track list because I feel like it's like bangers for days. And it starts with a reggae song, which is a baller move. Yeah. Like, the first four songs are all, like, four of the best. Drinking for Eleven, Contraband, Villains, and Silence. That's incredible. Yeah. The, uh, the contrast between Drinking for Eleven and Contraband is, like, a pretty, I don't know, that's, like, a, that's a ballsy move at the beginning, and I like it. It pays off a lot. Is this also about scene gossip on the <laughs> anime? <laughs> Maybe. It's good though. Uh, this is who is the era. Who's the hand? That's what I'm saying. This is Rock Against Bush era Fat Records, so I think like uh, everybody had political songs that were on Fat. Like that was just like the the time the time of their lives. On Riot, like later on in the album, they say, was it one of the lyrics like, our president can't even read or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can duck that bush. shoe though, so. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, do, do, I do reference that thing from uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 all the time where he like focuses on Bush finding the news about the Twin Towers for the first time where he's reading that book. Right. Do you remember that? And the guy's whispering in his ears and he takes like whatever 11 seconds to respond. <laughs> it's like the greatest thing that's happened in the history of the world. Like, I don't think we talk about it enough. Like, that's just hilarious on its face. Like, to be in that room, like, as a like parents were there with their kids. And they're just like, why is the president not talking? <laughs> Fuck. The, the Four Seasons landscaping, if we're talking like hilarious political stuff, mm -hmm. that that's just a real highlight for me when uh, was it Rudy Giuliani and he stand and they booked the wrong four seasons or they announced it <laughs> yep. before. Yeah. And so then they had to go to the landscape place and it's just like a little podium outside. And it was just like <laughs> a <laughs> shitty little landscaping company oh and they just God. didn't want to, they did, they just doubled down on it and yeah. they were like, yep, that's what that's we meant to do. That's exactly. where we were going to have our rally or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. It oh no. So, funny. so good. <laughs> classic moments in american history well i mean isn't isn't like that was more recent but bush, yeah, yeah. bush was also the 
mission accomplished. Yeah, oh, on, on the on the on the tanker. So many, <laughs> so many faux pas. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of like what's our Canadian equivalent of that. Like we've had some bonehead fuck. Well, is it when the, when Kretzian got the shoe in the face or <laughs> no no when he the Schwinnigan handshake oh, when yeah. he choked out the guy. Right. Oh yeah, that That's was good pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Ben, There's what the, do you got? <laughs> uh, famous uh, political blunders or just weirdness? Yeah, I don't know. Thank um, Canada. The, the recently, uh, I just, just like I don't know. Uh, Trudeau uh, doing blackface. That was like a what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not good. Oh, like, Ford choking on the bee during uh, the press yes. conference oh, when the bee God. flew yes. into his mouth, and then he's like, ugh, ugh. I just swallowed a bee. Anyway. Uh, I'm just classic. waiting for like, you know, Danielle Smith just like falling oh. off of a riser or something. And that'll oh, be our moment. Put it, just put it into the universe, please. Let I, that happen. Her God. little handshake. Anyway, sorry. This yeah. is probably not too local. Too local. Uh, well, no. I, I read something. <laughs> this is funny. Because the other day too, and I, I, I constantly am always saying like people don't understand how parliamentary politics work. And that includes Danielle Smith because yeah, the she's an idiot. The uh, minister uh, or one of the one of the cabinet members put out something about the uh, environmental um, guidelines for Canada, and she said she doesn't acknowledge it. She's like, I'm not going to even read it. I don't acknowledge it. And then she said, Mr. Prime Minister, get your people in line. I'm just like, he had nothing to fucking do about this. Why are you even invoking his name? No, no. So it gets worse than that. Rage farming. She, during during our last local election where our fine colleagues in this province fucking voted this idiot back in. I guess not back in because she came into power without an election. She wasn't voted in to begin with, yeah. Okay. it's too niche, but I'm going to finish my no, stupid story. So the the crisis of PR while she was running for premier of Alberta mm. was that she had reached out to try and get like charges dropped against this. I'm going to slowly edit myself while I talk. This fucking guy, <laughs> this um, super fundamental, yeah, this yeah, asshole street preacher who has his own weird, super fundamentalist um, group that was like protesting in coots at the border where they blocked the border in Southern Alberta. Yes. They arrested like four people there who had a shit ton of weapons, like super aggressive. They had some plan. A very that they were- suspect group texts. Yeah, they were, were going on. They yeah. were going to kill a bunch of RCMP yeah, officers. Yeah, yeah. So this guy was there and he did not get charged with trying to kill cops or weapons, but he did get charged with um operating his church despite the COVID mandate at the time where oh, there was right. no gatherings. And I think hate speech, I think he got charged with some light Something hate like that, speech. Yeah. yeah. So Just she apparently light hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh then our leader who got appointed because the other guy resigned uh so she apparently reached out to the uh who's justice the, the minister. justice minister and uh tried to get charges dropped and then which is super fucking illegal can't do that she did it got but, busted for it and the then reason- said but the thing is she said she didn't realize that in canada you can't do that she thought she was in the united states yes. she thought she was a 
person who works for the government of a state <laughs> yes. and not one in a Canadian province. And sh- yeah, so that that's and who then we they elected in. her in, and yeah. then they elected her in, and they elected that lady in in uh, by Red Deer who said that uh, trans people is Pinocchio. Pinocchio, yeah. 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 Anyway, I don't want to talk well, about yeah, that either. Let's not talk about that. Uh, uh, that'll just bring that, the whole mood down. <laughs> also, some light hate speech, but they voted her in. Yeah. Anyway, I hate it here. Uh, Edmonton's great. Then I feel like you're in a very similar situation over there in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not not great. <laughs> I like specific examples here are kind of eluding me at the moment, but I mean, we definitely have. Like I talked about this on the last episode too, like conservative government, um, very much about, you know, getting the, all about the economy, getting the economy back up, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not, not, yeah, not, it's not so much about, not so much about spending tax dollars on people to help them. Not a whole lot of that going on. No. No, definitely not. Do you want to explain to our American listeners what potash is? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, real insidery. <laughs> Let's listen oh. to Mad Caddies. Isn't that what we're here for? Let's listen to Leaving. That's the other song I queued up. It's very much a Borat, like, number one export. <laughs> 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 Getting some lyrical help from Less Than Jake on this song? No, not really. It's just a song about leaving a town. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some this world's gonna kick you in the ass. Yeah. Some advice. Unless you go into politics in Alberta, then. You're gonna thrive. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. They also play it live a lot. It's uh, and people get really into it. I think they played it last time we were here. Uh, yeah, man, this record was just so good. It was a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, any last uh, thoughts on this, Ben? Um, like I said, can't understate how much this album has influenced me perfectly or personally, and uh, yeah, and perfectly. It's in my opinion, like their best album and i love it awesome let's move on uh, to the next part of the time skashin uh the band went on a massive tour to support this album and recorded their stop at the opera house in toronto to record the live album songs in the key of a eh haha it's a good joke it's good. 2004 um i didn't queue up any songs from this but this is like top tier live scholar album in my opinion uh like maybe in my top 10 it's really, really good. And this was during maybe my favorite era of theirs. And so since it was tons of songs from Just One More and it still had like their core lineup, like what I would say is like the best lineup. Uh, I don't know. This this record holds up a lot from a live album's perspective. Do you listen to this one too, Ben? Um, I have, yeah. The only thing I felt the live record like la- lacks a little bit, but I'm not... I think that there's only one 
guitar on the live i think it's just sasha on the live album and i think that some of the parts for some of the songs he's playing you kind of expect there to be a little bit more guitar going on or maybe some organ or something um but like mm-hmm. it still sounds fantastic all like the parts are are played perfectly and everything sounds great but yeah i I feel like later they were maybe touring with a little bit more backing stuff. And I think that, that, ad, that adds a little bit more to it, but no, it's, it's still a solid album front to back for sure. I don't think we talk about it on this episode, but at some point they do get a full-time organ player to tour with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that wouldn't have been around this time. Um, but uh, yeah, the group continued to tour aggressively. Chuck would begin to really embrace his hippier side. The band chose to get even more ambitious with their ska reggae Dixieland combo and delve into darker dubbier sounds with lyrics beginning to shape around Chuck's personal politics and social outlook. Chuck had this to say, I fell back in love with cannabis because I did these week long fasts where I didn't eat for a week and was just drinking vegetable broth and stuff. I lost the weight over a year or two, started exercising and switched to an organic diet, gave up processed garbage fast foods. Now I don't touch that shit. I kind of got my younger in shape water polo teenage body back when I turned 30, I was like, holy shit, okay, that took two years, but I got it back good again. So this would be 2007's Keep It Going, as always, on Fat Records, produced by Grammy Award-winning producer Native Wayne. And the album would also have guest appearances by Ducky of Black Uhuru and members of the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Released on the 10th anniversary of the Summer of Ska, the album was another critical and commercial hit for the band. And Chuck would have this to say, we're getting the best reviews we've ever had, which is great. It used to be hard to even get a review, and they definitely weren't favorable. So we're just happy that we're getting reviewed at all. And so let's talk about this next album to finish off the time scotching for today with Backyard. This is Lynn's favorite Mad Caddy's album by like a mile. This is probably my favorite too. More reggae. Yeah, I like yeah. the the dub. I'm just grooving out here right now. I remember when they were touring right before this album came out. They're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be on their next record. Uh, we wanted, we're kind of testing it out on the road right now, and then they played this song. And I remember I was with my band at the time, and we like lost our shit. We were just like, all right, this is like maybe the best Mad Caddy song we ever heard. I don't know if I still think that now, but like at the time it was like mind-blowing. Yeah, to me, this this song, like, yeah, it, uh, is this the first track on this one? I can't remember. Second. The second. Well, right after The Dirge, right? Oh, right, because, yeah, 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 no, you're right. This, like, really kicks off, like, it's, it's emblematic of where they go from just one more um embracing the more of the reggae style and they're still like i feel like just one more was kind of like uh like a like a peak of melding kind of like you know the the more scott punky sounds and then this starts to be you know almost one of the peaks of the reggae style that they bring in um it's definitely more like mellow than the other albums but Mm -hmm. it's uh fantastically mellow i guess like it just it the arrangements the songs they do it so well like it just yeah i (laughs) i like i this i have a little bit of a weird relationship with this album in that coming off of just one more like when i was when i was a teenager i heard this one for the first time and i didn't really 
I really get it. Like I didn't, I wasn't into the more reggae side of things. I thought, oh, this is slower. This isn't, this isn't as great. Coming back to it years down the road, um, you know, seeing what they did afterwards as well too. Like I really grew to appreciate it a lot more in hindsight. And I do think that this is also one of their top albums for sure. I, uh, yeah, this is, this is one of their more listenable ones. I'd say this is probably a record that non-ska fans would probably enjoy more just because it has more variety dub and dub and reggae are kind of more listenable. I'd say Um, they got really into like Manu Chow around this time. I I know that was like a huge influence on this record, which you kind of hear like even the dirge has got a real like Pachanka feel to it uh, in the way Mm -hmm. that they wrote where um, it's kind of got more of that mixed style of like reggae, Latin, punk and all that kind of mixed together. Uh, and then the, that kind of like goes forward in this record, but it, it's almost like a little unpredictable. Sometimes I'll have like some faster songs and then it will be a couple slow songs in a row. Uh, and so I think that keeps people, the listener on their toes. I'd say lyrically, um, he's a little like, uh, I mean, I don't hate the whole hippie vibe of it, but uh, it. It definitely sometimes rubs me the wrong way because he's a little glib <laughs> in terms of like how he react. Like backyard is all about like uh, how much he hates like medication, uh, and he's just like kind of like, oh, you're depressed. Well, just like chill out, bro. Like chill out and smoke some weed, bro. Like it's a little like, Listen, all right. I think you need to like respect people's mental health journey a little bit better. <laughs> the weed hits harder when you're only sipping on bone broth for a week. No solid food and just pops Vegetable you. broth, he said, even worse. Oh, fuck. Sorry. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, um, we're, not, we're not going down the bad food tangent here, are we? <laughs> oh, we, we could. I have what uh, Ariane describes as a garbage palette. So, oh, God. Um, oh, no. I, <laughs> quick sorry. Plug, I think... Quick plug for the Patreon Discord. Yeah. We have an entire channel for bad food. Well, no. Okay. So it's supposed it to be was... for food in general, but it's been food in general. But um, <laughs> it's... I spend a lot of time on Reddit <laughs> and I like to watch uh, horrible food videos. So some of it is like maybe. Um, made for fetish stuff where it's ladies with long fingernails massaging raw meat but then the thing that they're ultimately creating is truly disgusting and heinous so i just pretend that people aren't jerking off to it but then i like to share those videos (laughs) and poor ben who i love very much ben you're great uh but you know he's kind of said that he doesn't like it so i can't (laughs) stop just tagging him in every single like horrific (laughs) chef club hate watch that Um, i uh put on whatever you just described with long fingernails (laughs) massaging meat yeah no don't post that (laughs) oftentimes uh arianne's things uh the videos involve (laughs) this is the so Chef Club is its one thing, right? But I, I love Chef Club. I think it's just ridiculous. Um, but Ariane found the genre of bad food video <laughs> where it's like somebody with like their phone, like recording um, like cinema verite style, uh, like somebody cooking in their kitchen. And the person who's cooking keeps like turning to the camera and like, like mugging it, like and explaining what they're doing. But the person who has the phone is also commenting things like, oh, "Oh, that looks so good. Oh, it looks so good. I can't Uh, wait to try it. And then it inevitably involves either a casserole dish or a waffle iron. I don't know why waffle irons come up a lot. Or, like, there's a lot where people are cooking in, like, coffee 
uh, machines. Oh yeah, like that's a whole thing. Gadgetry. Yeah. Yeah. When? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there was one <laughs> with uh, someone using their like like automatic coffee maker, and they were making some sort of hot margarita. Um, <laughs> so they filled the like coffee pot carafe thing with ice cubes, and then started pouring like skittles in the top where you usually put the coffee grounds and then uh oh and i think they put some like cut up limes and oranges in with the ice but then they yeah poured the skittles in there and then just like fucking straight i don't know vodka and like triple sec which is not a margarita but (laughs) i digress there's a lot about this that was questionable and so then it like melted the skittles and it was just straight booze over ice it was all i don't know i don't who's this for like I don't know, but I will watch a million of them. And my favorite, my current favorite horrific food video is people who have clearly watched these weird ones of people like fucking trying to cook like uh, whole pieces of chicken in a waffle maker with waffle coating on the around it, like all in one chicken and waffles, but like cooked at the same time. So like in the in the original video, they are obviously like cooking it on the side. And then when they're, you know, editing it together, they're like, oh, look, yeah, perfect. And then uh, so there's this new style of people who obviously know this isn't going to work, but are then filming themselves trying to make this recipe. And so then they've got this like fucking bloody chicken <laughs> drumstick bone that has been like torched on the outside, <laughs> pressed in a waffle maker with like floppy half cooked like waffle around it anyway mm, i have interest <laughs> this is my last appearance on this podcast sorry i'm back now what <laughs> bad caddies <laughs> uh what, what is you the other song i got lay your head down that's what you'll need to do after hearing that story <laughs> lines are a lot smoother not so much trumpet gymnastics Yeah. It's like the tempo of the album is around this. <laughs> it's like slow, but it's got like this thing that just captivates me about this is like again, they're they're doing it so well and like they're just it just sounds like they've got a lot of like raw emotion behind it. Like That's fair. I, yeah. I don't know, it just really it really grabs me. Yeah, I love it. And um, yeah, Sasha sounds great on the guitar. I actually like as as much as it's like Chuck is up at the front and he's like the sort of the I don't want to call it a celebrity, but, you know, he's like the, the famous member of the band, the front man. 
Um, I really think that it's like it's such a it's such a unit, you know, like everybody working together. Like Sasha's writing is is always so on point, especially from the guitar. Uh, the horn section is like, in my opinion, one of the more iconic trumpet trombone combos. Um, just like when they're when they're gelling, they work so well together. Uh, the last uh, song I've queued up uh, is Coyote, which is Lynn's favorite, which is why I got it. I'm in the same tempo. But this is dubbier. Yeah, dubbier. I like this a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, it's got like two Tony horns. Yes. Sorry, the, the timing on this whole thing was really funny because as you said that, there's a bit of a weird audio delay and it's like, yeah, this is about the same tempo. It's like... Then it's like, does Rob understand how tempos work? <laughs> Tell us more about your band, Robert. <laughs> it was good, right? You know yeah. tempos. And I know music. tempo. I would listen to that on a patio with a beer, enjoying myself summer afternoon. Yeah, it was good. I like that. That's Joey's favorite kind of ska is patio ska. New genre. Sometimes. New genre dropped. Patio ska. Patio ska. I'm into it. The Slackers. This Mad Caddy's record. Yeah. What else is is patio ska? The Expendables. I don't know. (laughs) Slightly stupid. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. Come on now. (laughs) Cottonmouth Kings. What? This took a turn. I'm going back to Ben's sublime. argument that you Such don't know sublime. Music. Just say it, man. Just, just say sublime. Just put what you I got sublime. on forever and hand me Bud Lights, bro. No, it's just those three recordings of the guy with uh, with mental health issues just uh, rotating. Oh, <laughs> I had some guy like per, like come up to me he's like, "Hey, do you ever listen to Sublime?" I was like, "Sublime." No, like sublime. I'm like, what was? Are you trying to say sublime? Like, no, sublime. Yeah, sublime. Like, like, like less than a lime. Like, what are you, what are you talking <laughs> but about? But more than a lemon. I still remember that. Yeah. I was like, and then I, it really got in my head. I was like, is that how you're supposed to pronounce it? Have I been saying it wrong? <laughs> There's only one person we can ask, and uh, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. I guess you can ask the other two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about Rome? Yeah. No. I don't want to ask Rome. I don't, I don't know if those guys are really with us anymore either. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, according to that episode, we found that there was uh, it was maybe wallet driven decision to continue the band. Oh, uh, didn't Brad Knoll's kid get signed to Epitaph? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's new breaking. And I thought Law was still a thing. I was, I see, and yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I was following Law for a while, and then kind of just disappeared off of whatever social media, and then he kind of came back, and it was Jacob doing some. Uh, like of his own solo stuff, and that, so he did that. He just got signed to Epitaph, like a little yeah, and it's like yeah. vaporwave. Oh, <laughs> is it? I haven't heard it. That's weird. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will. I'm like, has it like Epitaph hasn't signed a, a band? Well, no. Um, I'm trying to think of like the last band that they signed that I really liked. Oh, the Muslims are good. But aside from that, like I haven't really listened to a lot of new Epitaph bands that have really stuck with me. So Pirates Press is doing good stuff, though. We're talking punk labels. 
Anyway, sorry. No, keep going. Pirates yeah. Press. Who's on Pirates Press? I'd have to. I sorry to rattle off my head. I don't know. Um, Subhumans, I think, are putting up music on Pirates Press, and they're 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 where are they from? Somewhere California ish. They send me music. They send me flexi discs at work. So <laughs> that's fun. So yeah. not not the UK one. Not Citizen Fish. The yeah, subhumans. no, that one. Oh, that one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I Sorry, I'm that. talking the label is from California. Oh, the label's from California. Yeah. I get mixed up with the two subhumans all the time. Yeah. Me too. The non Canadian one. Well, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that the other one's from Canada. They're right. not from California. So I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking do about. Do you want to wrap up some caddies? Yeah. <laughs> or do we want to keep talking about subhumans? Subhumans <laughs> or subhumans? <laughs> subhumans. Subhumans. Subhumans? Humans underneath you. Wait, that no, that's that's not what I'm talking about. That's not fun. <laughs> well, that wraps up Mad Caddies part two. And we're gonna play a little game, but it's it's not really a game. It's more of a combo game, question the answer. So if anybody is on our Discord and is listening, you'll know that Ben is our resident CanCon expert. Uh, and I mean, and so is Ariane. Ariane's Ariane like, is like, I'm say again, hard oversell, hard oversell. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Literally married to someone who <laughs> works in CanCon. <laughs> I am a passionate defender of CanCon. Yeah. I love I, CanCon. I was going to say qu- quickly um, that album, the live album, that was recorded in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be considered CanCon because all the crew who worked on it was Canadian, even though the group is American? Um, so to be considered CanCon, hold on, I'm gonna just we, make we, sure that we, I have this right. But it so there's a system. There is a system. Oh, yes, there's a Maple. classification system, right? Yeah. So the Maple system, defining a Canadian song. Uh, <laughs> this is straight from the CRTC website, which I apparently just right there (laughs) okay so if there's two sort of exceptions to this so if it's instrumental it's it's got its own sort of sub rule and then if it is pre-97 it also has sort of like its own rule okay 97 94 i'd have i'll look because i'm on the website is it 91 I yeah, just remember 91. they made they made a rule specifically for Brian Adams. That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. and it was ninety one, September first, nineteen ninety one. Okay, so okay. points for Ben before the yeah. game starts. I, I, was, I, was, on, I was on Wikipedia because I was like, I am going to get my ass handed to me. <laughs> we should know. <laughs> we should know that when we say CanCon, what we're referring to is the rule, rough rule in Canada that a certain percentage of Canadian music has to be played on our radio stations and played on TV and anything that's like media. Uh, that's roughly what it is. We also say CanCon to basically refer to anything that's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> that's also a blanket term that we've just started using and then using a goose emoji every time something Canadian gets <laughs> Canadian <brought>. goose. Canadian <laughs> goose. Yes. Not just any goose. Not just any goose. Also, I work very hard on that emoji. Okay. Um, it's good. It's good emoji. Thank you. The technical rules for CanCon in on radio, which is where I'm familiar with, it's got to be 35% category two. Category two has a bunch of subcategories. It is basically pop rock. Uh, category three is the other big one, which is like jazz, blues, country, uh, like roots. roots. Yeah, like country, country. There's pop country, which goes under category two. Anywho, so to be considered CanCon, it's got to have uh, two out of four sort of categories which is the music artist performance and lyrics if the music is composed entirely by a canadian 
if the artist, so the music and or the lyrics are performed principally by a Canadian. The performance uh, consists of a live performance that is recorded wholly in Canada or performed wholly in Canada and broadcast live in Canada. And then the lyrics. So this would not because it's only got one out of the four there. Unless he had hired Canadian musicians to play. In which case it would yeah because then it, be I think it's like count. even fifty fifty so if he if it was main dude performing with a backing band of Canadians then yeah it would have been CanCon weird what a that's crazy if it's instrumental it's got different rules because it doesn't qualify for the lyrics right right so and uh, uh, Australia has a similar yes the, and it's yes. it's very similar and I think yeah. it was drafted right around a similar time too. Yeah. They have an incredible like self-supporting music industry, and they're they have a really um, like comprehensive like uh, radio industry that like brings up Australian artists. Yeah, like, yeah. Triple Frenzel Rom's been on Triple, Triple J, J for like forty fucking years. Triple J is great. <laughs> Triple, I love J's Triple J is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. like there's there's a real good quality with Australian music that I appreciate. Like ska bands, like the Porkers are like one of the bigger bands out of there. Uh, the chats and Emil. The chats, Emil. So uh, Hilltop hoods. That that whole scenario. Yeah. Cat <laughs> Empire. Hell yeah. Cat Empire. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Ben actually did our playlist for that. <laughs> I think I asked you one point where I was like, "Can you put it together?" And you had it done in like five minutes. I think it was pretty impressive. It was like no rush. Oh no, I got it. Here you go, Ryan. <laughs> it was important. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I do listen to that episode. It's good. I love Cat Empire. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, so for this game slash questions, we have a, a variety of Discord and Twitter questions, all related to Canadian culture, food, music, whatever. And we're gonna debate it as a as a group. <laughs> the, I, I want to go back. There's a couple things that weren't from this, but I kind of want to dial back to some old questions that got brought up. Uh, cooking of meat, specifically right. hamburger meat. Mm -hmm. Um. The Americans cook to order, uh, and uh, in Canada, we just cook it. <laughs> yeah, we just cook. Just we cook also have uh, regulations in this country. That's the same thing with CanCon. So, like, you that you can't undercook it. Like, there are... Yeah, at a restaurant. That's well, right. Like, you can, you can have, like, a steak. Steak is different. Ground steak is meat, different, but ground meat has to be cooked to a certain... Because with the yeah. grinding, there's more air and bacteria, or, like, the possibility of bacteria mixed in there but even having like air on more surface area um cr creates higher levels of getting you sick so if it's something like you want to have steak tartare they have to like cut it to order yeah and grind it anyway i love regulations in canada right to jail <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh burger cook it cook your damn burger yeah, That's I don't, I, I don't, say. I don't, I don't get the medium burger deal. No, I don't get it. No. Yeah. I do like a rarer, well, like I, I, when I order a steak, if I'm at like a place that like is actually good at giving you your steak the way you ask for it, I'll ask for it on the rarer side of medium. That's the way I like a steak personally, but like any, like any ground meat, just cook, oh. just cook it. That's like, yeah. that's like chicken being cooked to order like medium chicken like, what that's, no that's... i'm just saying it's not a thing but no. I'm, so, I'm shaking my head meat. right now yeah <laughs> um how do you cook your chicken ben medium rare blue rare <laughs> 
well, on well, <laughs> well. Uh, brief tangent side story. So let's, yeah, Joey, you said like if you go somewhere good or that you feel will treat your food yeah. with respect yeah. and perhaps the way you are asking for it to be cooked. Way back when I lived in Calgary at a punk house and uh, me and Stephen Ryan and frequently my friend Wade from the NURBS uh, would be outrageously hungover every single Sunday and go to this pub close to us that had $4 breakfast. Uh, you could get a steak and eggs and toast for $4. I think wow. hash browns too. We went there a lot, always hungover. And every single week, Stephen Benz would ask for his steak blue rare. And every time they're like, you won't give it to you rare. <laughs> I'd say, oh, okay. And then one time he actually, we were there so often that I think they finally felt bad. And they're like, well, I guess he's not going to sue us if he gets sick. And they truly gave it to him blue rare. And he was so fucking stoked. It was disgusting. He just like tried to rip into it, but he oh. couldn't because it was still like bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> so he just tried to, try, it was like a seagull, like trying to choke it down. Like, <laughs> Blood coming in. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this I is agree, where Ben. Weird food video <laughs> core memories come from. Also, Calgary is like steak country. Like, yeah, you could probably still than Edmonton. Yeah, like there's just steaks everywhere. Like you can't like you can't like walk down the street without a steak falling out of a window and hitting you in the face. Like there's but just to, so much. A blue steak. rare steak is more rare. <laughs> Alberta is the Texas of Canada, but Calgary is the Texas of Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other question that got brought up before this was around box mac and cheese, uh, which they just call macaroni and cheese in the U.S. because I, I don't understand. But we Kraft call dinner, Kraft I mean. Dinner. Yeah. And Joey, I believe, brought up that uh, it says four servings to a package uh, recently. I, uh, I don't think that was me. I think I just commented on it, but that's insane. That's the craziest that was, shit I've ever heard. I think that was a meme I found. Oh, that's... <laughs> That's obscene. Who's, who's had a quarter package of, of mac and cheese before? No. Um, Maybe ha like half for sure. You share like a box with somebody. But like yeah, if you're hungry, you, you eat a whole box. Do we do, do we fuck around with the like uh, other like types, like the other flavors, like your extra creamies, your sharp cheddars, your your shells? I'm a Annie's man, mm, yeah. uh, it, which is an organic um, mac and cheese that we have here. Um, and just recently, uh, at the grocery store, the deluxe one with the cream, creamy cheese sauce or whatever mm -hmm. was on sale. So I bought it and I got to say, I wasn't impressed. I'd rather just pay less money for the good kind. I feel like your 99 cent box of cheese, of mac and cheese is just the, that's just the way to go. Yeah, it's good. Ben, how about you? Where's, so where's I'm, that? I'm lactose intolerant, so I like can't eat mac and cheese or like. KD, but um, I will fight for your right to eat a full <laughs> box. I think it's important. It's important to our culture. You know, it what is I mean? like um, yeah. ketchup. Yeah, ketchup to your mac and cheese. Leftovers. I will. I will do ketchup with like. Well, okay. I'm sure I ate mac and cheese as a kid and got outrageously sick, but I did put ketchup on it then. Oh, yeah. I do. I do appreciate ketchup with mac and cheese. None of that mayonnaise stuff. <laughs> no, not into that. <laughs> you put mayo on, on mac and cheese that's wild that's wildin well i guess that's just making it into like a salad like a like a, like a macaroni salad yeah. but like a yeah, but it's already got shit on yeah, it I yeah don't know like <laughs> i don't know we, we I was like a more like abstract french fries comparison with yeah, some, yeah. 
there's there's a little bit of a division there within Canada as well between do you put ketchup or mayo on your fries? So, Depends on so what I'm a, part I'm of the I'm a mayo fry guy. It's because you're French. Yeah. Is it because I'm French? Yeah, because it's that's absolutely yeah. That's a Quebec oh, okay. thing. They love that shit. It's gross. Yes. Also, also, <laughs> also, I'm I'm gonna say it right now. Um, eating raw noodles. That's also a French thing. They love that shit. Well, I don't eat raw noodles. What that's are you no, about but they raw love that. Like, like 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 itchy band. They'll put like. Oh yeah, no, yeah, for sure you eat raw. See, gross, <laughs> fucking weird. But I, I, I view that as like a French thing because, like, it was a weird. I thought it was super weird when I was a kid, and I used to go to New Brunswick, mm. and there's a lot of French-speaking people in New Brunswick. My dad's family's all uh, French. Yeah, Kentian. But the, yeah, that was they have like snack noodles at the convenience store with little monsters on them that you put the flavor packet on and eat them raw and i'm like that's weird and french and gross i don't like it that was a big thing when i was like in let's say elementary school like grade six and people would bring a whole thing of like itchy band but just crunch it up and like sprinkle yeah. the the powder and then yeah, yeah just eat it gross you have done that before french <laughs> i mean Let's not get in the habit of using <laughs> French as like a slur or a put yeah. down. I don't know. I'm if just I... saying that it as a as a lone French person here, <laughs> starting to feel somewhat attacked. Uh, relatively French. Too. Let's make let's uh we spent a lot of time on two questions. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go rapid fire ban. I'm gonna start riffing these off, and I want to hear what you have to say. Should Kevin Smith be banned from Canada for ruining Joey and Caitlin's relationship in Degrassi: The Next Generation? Follow up: Should he just be banned from Canada for those uh, Canadian movies he did? Um, like I think I well I said on the Discord, I've never seen an episode of Degrassi. I know it's about high school, but <laughs> should Nailed Kevin it. Smith be banned? I don't know. Which okay, so which Canadian movies has he done? Yoga Hosers, Tusk. Oh. I've, I've never is Tusk seen Canadian? Tusk is not Tusk? Canadian though. No, it's not. I thought it was part of the same universe. Oh, yeah, it is. It, yeah. There were three of them, weren't there? Yeah, I thought they were all part of the same universe and then they take place in Canada. Oh. But maybe I'm wrong. Is, Tus- is Tusk where sure. like that guy like grows, he's like turns into like a walrus or something or gets tusks? Yeah. 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 He like yeah. sews them in the costume, right? Whoa, spoiler alert. What year did that come out? I don't give a fuck. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Are you rapid? Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I was trying to think of a plot line, a plot twist in a different Kevin Smith movie, and I couldn't think of one. Nope. <laughs> They're not known plot twists, I think. Should he like, be banned from Canada? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe for having NFTs, for loving NFTs. Oh, yeah. Well, his NFT movie? Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite brand of maple syrup? Um, I guess I don't really... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I'm I'm privileged in the sense that... I don't think about the type of maple syrup I buy. I just go to the store and get it, and I'm like, "This is." Do you get, do you get the one in the little like uh, the little fancy little jar mm, with like the no, little I like, to, I jug handle? To save on and get, I get the jug handle one, but it's it's like usually like a plastic thing. I I'd have to I have to go upstairs and look in the fridge. Not worth it. Ben, uh, ben and I are like save on bros. So had had he yeah. went and looked in his fridge, I would have known what he's talking about. <laughs> Can I answer that? Yes, I, I'm still here. So, um, so my mom is originally from Montreal, and she's got friends who live in the eastern townships, and they used to have maple trees. So she would, when I was a kid, she would ship 
um, like flats of maple syrup out here and then like kind of sell them on the side. And that shit was so good. But I definitely went too hard on it and went years where I was like, I can't eat anything maple syrup. But I've come full circle and now we just get the PC brand that is actually from trees and it's fine yeah as long as it says pure maple syrup i'm good with it yeah yeah none of that aunt jemima stuff don't do that no what's it called now different name pearl 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 milling milling. oh it got changed oh right yeah yes uh is tim hortons more popular in canada than starbucks Mm, uh probably about the same ben what do you think um i don't know my wife my wife prefers starbucks definitely i don't really drink coffee either way but I'm going to say rurally, it's definitely, there's more Tim's and more smaller yeah, towns. For sure. Well, for sure. There's, there's yeah. a Tim's sure. in every small town that you go through. Like a Tim's usually in a subway over here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And maybe an A&W. S-O. Yeah. And an S-O. Tim's yeah. attached to an S-O. That's like yeah. move. Yeah. I'd say that yes. that probably puts the numbers over Starbucks. But in, in cities, it's but probably in, pretty even. In my, in my like at work, they mm-hmm. only go to Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no Tim Hortons. If you look at like the volume sold like across Canada, you probably sell a lot more Tim Hortons than you do yeah. Starbucks. Just oh, because yeah. it's like just because of the cheap. price. Yeah. 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 Uh what's the deal with the part of Canada where you only speak French? That's Quebec. Yeah. And or parts of New Brunswick. <laughs> but they don't only parts speak of French. They're bilingual. That's Quebec, true. Quebec is there are places in Quebec language. where yeah. they well, only speak and, French. Uh, <laughs> and Bill eleven just got passed so th- so French has to be first on everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you speak French, no. Ben? Uh, I do not. No. We're in the same boat there. No. Je ne sais pas. Uh, what's the best con in Canada? No, that's the not best. Good. What? No. <laughs> the best can con con in Canada. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Can, can you uh, well, can if you're con? if you're a giant telecom company, the best con is probably just being a telecom company in Canada. Free Wi-Fi. So Bell just laid off a bunch of people, like a bunch of people. They closed down a radio station on a break. Yeah. Like they were mid show and they closed it down in Edmonton. And then they made some announcement that part of the reason it was all AM stations are getting rid of all these AM stations. And they said that it was a cost cutting move to basically save their bottom line because they have to have like lower rate cell phone plans that the CRTC has mandated that like all these telecom companies have to like give a basic plan for, I think TV and cell phones. Right. Um, Good on the CRTC. So they're just like cutting radio stations because they fucking apparently can't just. Cause they'd rather do that than cut their profits. Yeah, exactly. Which they're already making hand over fist because their telecom prices. Where am I going to listen to talk radio and or album oriented rock and or David Allen co. So that's not. (laughs) the point is how fucked up is it that they own tv radio and cell phones and so you can't just yeah we did a bad job of trust busting on those and it's uh, getting worse because they're merging anyway sorry i could go media i (laughs) live there best and worst canadian cartoons raccoons are the best yeah i dig raccoons i think like i remember babar being canadian right it's like at the very least animated in Canada, not a Canadian story, but no, Nelvana is a, a, a Canadian, a Canadian animation, animation yeah. studio. Yeah. So is that Deke? I want to say no, no, definitely Nelvana for sure. Yeah. So a lot of uh, cartoons 
from the late 80s, early 90s uh, were at least animated here. I'm going uh, Spider-Man, baby. 60s Spider-Man. Oh, That's Canadian. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. What fucking Rocket Robin Hood? And Rocket Robin Hood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Hercules also Canadian, then? Yep. That was yeah. the same. Yep. Yeah. It was yeah. all that same animation house. It was in Toronto. Yeah. All the Canadian voice actors. Yeah. What about Reboot? Yeah, you know what? Oh, Reboot, yeah. Reboot, yeah. Reboot yeah. rules, Reboot. man. I'm sh- I, it, I, I've seen stills first- of it recently where I'm like, uh, but then I was like, I remember that being cool as hell. The first all CGI TV show. Beast yeah. Wars was yeah. in. Beast right. Wars was too. Same, okay. same animation yeah. host. And uh, you know what? Clone High. I'm just going to throw it out there. Clone High is animated in Canada. Was it? Is that why they had like yeah. the Ashley Angel from O-Town yeah, thing? Definitely. <laughs> and, uh, but if I want to talk about like modern, uh, more modern shows, I liked 16. 16 was really funny. And uh, Total what? Drama Island was really funny. Yeah, yeah those were Canadian shows. Those were good. I only have nostalgia. I don't think <laughs> I've watched a cartoon in a long time, unless it's something that that Will's son... watching. Yeah, and then but I'm he like... likes uh, stuff from France. That's his favorite because he loves mimes. Yeah, he love he loves mimes, and he's got half your fiery French blood. So <laughs> right. it's just like deep inside him. <laughs> uh, how true to life is Letter Kenny? Um, I don't know. I'd say like, uh, I don't know the Hicks side of things. I I don't know anyone in the like the whole what skid subculture like that. That's kind of foreign to me. But definitely, I don't know some of the Hicks stuff. <laughs> I think that's fairly accurate to some of rural Saskatchewan. I know more people who are legitimately like Trailer Park Boys than people from. <laughs> so Letter we got Kenny. we got yeah. Trailer Park Boys, Letter Kenny, uh, Schitt's Creek, and uh, Corner Gas are all part of some kind of like Corner Gas. This is all this like rural, rural sitcom. Okay, Corner Corner Gas single camera rural sitcoms, right? Yeah. yeah, I know Joe. I know Joey is not a huge Corner Gas fan, but that is definitely emblematic of what we have in Saskatchewan for sure. Well, it's in Saskatchewan. Is yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Town of Rolo, where it was filmed. Uh, and is that accurate? Do people just go to gas stations every day to drink coffee or whatever was happening? I mean, I don't live in small town Saskatchewan, but I mean, through <laughs> work and stuff, I've you know traveled through and and whatnot, and I don't know. I think it's fairly emblematic of small town life i mean not i mean you know not everyone's that weird there was a there there was (laughs) there was a thing in the u.s uh called the do you know what the rural purge is have you heard about this before this is a tv thing in the u.s in the 70s where because everybody had moved to suburbs um all these shows that were based in the uh like rural u.s just got hacked off all at once so your Andy Griffith shows, your Beverly Hillbillies, all those shows that were like, yeah, basically about rural life got put in place of like um, All in the Family and like all those like mid 70s shows that were based in the suburbs. Uh, so that was the reason why there was this huge shift. But then in Canada, it feels like at the at the turn of the millennium, we had this like anti-rural purge where all of our sitcoms moved out into like the rural but we don't put out that much new sitcoms. Like it's as, it, not at the volume that they do in the U S like we have like, you know, a handful of shows every year, but uh, not like hundreds uh, yeah. like they do uh, down South. I feel like uh, I spend a lot of money on like CSI style shows in Canada. Like that's a oh, lot we of, do. a lot of like CTV's newest. Yeah. 
a lot of like Murdoch mystery. Yeah, that type of shit. <laughs> Featuring uh what's his name from Orphan Black. He's in that show, the the second lead. Anyway, I don't remember his no. name. Anyway. He's a Canadian. Next Tatiana Maslowski. I think she's no, from Regina. Tatiana Maslany is from Regina. Uh, her co-star, whatever his name is. Anyway, next question. Poutine. Best poutine. Somebody, Flying Raccoon Suit asked this on the Twitter. And they said that she said, that, or whoever posted, said that somebody in on, said that the Ontario had the best poutine. I, who's fucking saying that? I, yeah. I thought I thought it was universally decided that, that it's, it's Quebec. Quebec. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, why would you say anything else? It's like saying like, like Manitoba is the best bagels. That's just like a <laughs> fucked up thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Again, lactose intolerant, probably not a lot of poutine <laughs> in your life. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I don't really eat a lot of poutine. We do have a nice place around here called uh, smokes poutinery. That's I think I've, I've been told is pretty good, but um, no, I mean like if you're going to get authentic, yeah, it's, it's Quebec for sure. Cause it's all about the curds, right? It's yeah, all about, all the, about curds. the the, the yeah. like you gotta Quebec get the squeaky curds. curds. Yeah, yeah, man, you gotta yeah. The yeah. the rest of it, I mean, the fries and the gravy are fine, but that it's just a it's a curd deliveries vehicle. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> do you put mayo on the poutine though? <laughs> I Whoa. I would if it was offered. <laughs> Don't they think were, I wouldn't. There was a time. There was a time when we were starting to get all these like little like boutique poutine places popping up, and I bet mm, I like poutineery and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I guess it'd be equivalent to they probably have in the U.S. where you can get like fancy hot dogs, right? Because yeah, we have yeah. a couple of those places too where you go and it's just like wacky different hot dogs with all kinds of different Bad shit drinks. on it. But yeah, Artesian. they did that with poutine, and I bet you there's a mayo poutine thing. I bet sure. there's there's. One you can get that's got, I think, green peas and smoked, like Montreal smoked meat on top. And I bet they would give you mayo for that. Yeah. I, Montreal I smoked meat. And meat then <laughs> he would just have a curly mustache sprout. <laughs> just like the first sight. <laughs> a beret would just like pop yes. out of my head. <laughs> I was uh, exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> uh, okay, wait. One more. Let's do one more. Okay. Kids in the Hall. Favorite Kids in the Hall sketch. Mm. Oh man, I I don't think that I got to see kids in the hall growing up. My parents were pretty strict about the TV and stuff that I was watching, so I didn't really get to watch a lot of, watch a lot of that. I did try watching the new reboot or whatever they were doing recently, and right. I got like full frontal nudity within the first episode. I was like, whoa. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> they got away with a lot. Like they had a lot of f bombs on the show. They they said the f slur a lot on the show, which I yeah. forgot was like a whole thing. Um, and, uh, I don't, it's, they it, were a pretty queer outfit though. So it makes, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I forget which, uh, member. Well, Scott Thompson is Scott for Thompson, sure, but I, yeah. but I, I'm not sure if any of the other ones are, but either way, it was a pretty, uh, gay positive thing in the mid nineties. So the F slur I think was only dressed in drag. Like, there was, yeah, like, a lot it was, it, it made sense for the humor. Um, I, I don't find it jarring for heterosexual man. Yes. They're in that, right? The odds. Uh, yes. The yeah. odds. CanCon, yeah. uh, bass player. Uh, I really like that sketch, uh, or the one where they talk about uh, the doors. That's a good one. I'm. I like uh, a lot of the recurring characters are kind of my favorite things on that show. Uh, I didn't really watch that reboot run, uh, but the, the original show. My mom watched it quite a bit when I was a kid, and the chicken lady is always funny and super, super fucking weird. Uh, and then the Eradicator. Whenever the Eradicator shows up, it's like a squashed a guy 
who plays squash and he shows up and i'm the eradicator and it like he's like a villain but he's actually just like a loser who's not very good at squash but there's like several sketches throughout the run where he pops up and those are my favorite kinds of kids in the hall sketches for sure and scott thompson is the queen (laughs) always funny as well uh sctv was good too my mom watched a lot of sctv that was our other big sketch show oh yeah Yeah, how long was it on the air for five years maybe it wasn't like that long. No, it was pretty short. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. It was seventies, early eighties, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, but then it was like a mix of Americans and Canadians because Second City is technically Chicago, right? Because right. that's yeah. what the Second City is. But Toronto had a Second City as well, so it was a mix of the Canadian and the American people. Anyway, that's, that's where like fun. Eugene Levy goes. Eugene yeah, that's, Levy. That's a that's a Rick, bunch of iconic Rick stuff. Moranis, well. yeah. John Candy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, that was that was that was the shit. Like I'm trying to think of. Say that again, Bob and Doug. Yes. Bob and Doug Rescue TV, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dave, Dave Thomas, not the Wendy's Dave. Not Thomas. the way. <laughs> a much different Dave Thomas. Yeah, hose head. Uh, that uh, that should do it for today. Yeah. So Ben, thanks so much for joining us on Checkered Pass. What have you got to plug? Well, we got uh, like I said, the new album is out now. Stream it everywhere. Uh, I got the new music video for Stay on Target. It's also pretty cool. Give it a watch. Um. I think we're going to be heading through. We def- we're playing Calgary uh, at the end of August. Um, we'll see if we any other shows pop up here. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna keep doing our thing. Um, keep what riding the wave Edmonton? of fuel me twice. What about Edmonton? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm hoping that something works out there. We'll see what happens. We'll <laughs> see what happens. Thanks for listening to Checkered Pass. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Checkered Pass Pod, or send us an email at checkeredpasspod at gmail.com. To support the podcast, you can sign up for the Checkerhead Patreon to get the episodes uncut in both audio or video format, or you can buy some merch at checkeredpass.ca. This episode is edited by Ariane and engineered by Julie. We're both here. Our okay. Ska associate producer is Chris Reeves of Ska Punk International, and our theme song is OAO by Edmonton's own Mad Bombers Society. Until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Marianne. And in the mortal words of Mad Caddies, I'll take my chances with the coyote.